your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so does not cost you a single cent and ensures you never miss another episode. On tonight's podcast, we are going to have a little bit of fun. There are some different topics that I thought would be cool to cover. I wanted to continue our Plays of the Week series, where we spotlight some guys who are maybe doing some very good things, uh, a couple of players who have had some milestones, or players that just continue to put out performance after performance, and really prove that they deserve a spot on the Hall of Goodness or something. I don't know. I don't really have a, uh, a specific award name yet. Maybe we'll have something as we go throughout the year. I don't want to use like Team of the Week. That's a little bit too basic. And also EA Sports will probably send me a cease and desist. So we'll figure out something cool, uh, maybe like Highlight of the Week or something like that and uh, come up with a weekly list of our players. And then after that, I thought I would do some fun, maybe some holiday gift ideas for, you know, the hockey fan that has everything. If you're looking to take that next step and, and find something truly special, I have a few ideas for some gifts that you could maybe send that special somebody, you know, the, the perfect fan who maybe has just about everything possible that's merchandise and branded, but that last item that would complete their collection, you can finally gift it to them. And then at the very end, I thought it would be a little bit of fun to go off topic and talk about the emergence of some of the North American soccer teams that continue to redefine the North American soccer scene and ultimately prep us for the World Cup. And I do mean uh, both the U.S. men's national team and the Canadian national team and what we might expect from both squads as they head into the second half of their World Cup qualifiers and ultimately the World Cup itself. First, though, it is time for highlights of the week. Uh, one of the first ones that I thought would be worth talking about is uh, Zachary Fucali of the Washington Capitals, who made his NHL debut at the age of 26. Now, if you recall Fucali, I think he used to be, it was either with Montreal or another team several years ago, and when he was drafted, I think he actually had a pretty decent amount of hype. But if you understand goaltenders and ultimately just how fickle they can be, especially year over year, uh, Fucali never really found himself at a level at the pros that you know, he would actually earn an NHL call-up. And so his NHL debut has been a long time coming. Uh, ever since he joined the Hershey Bears, it's been a bit of a different story for him. And like, he hasn't really been bad at the AHL level, but I don't think he had ever performed at the rate that he has recently, or at least not to my knowledge. I haven't been paying attention to like his overall career arc, but it is really cool to see him not only get an NHL debut, an NHL win, but he also got a shutout. I believe that makes him the first capital to make his NHL debut as a goaltender and actually get a shutout in the same game. And I don't know how often this has happened. I think it's pretty rare, generally speaking. Um, first off, you would have to have an NHL debut and you would have to have a shutout win. You know, all three conditions being very difficult to satisfy. So a huge congrats to him and obviously a major milestone in his career. I'm sure he is super happy and proud. And, uh, you know, it just proves that you can never really give up on a player. Sometimes they take a little bit longer and they just need that chance to prove themselves. 
Another guy who is currently ongoing with his kind of career resurgence is Oliver Shillington. And if you haven't been paying attention to what Shillington has been doing for the Flames, you're missing out on a guy who's looking more and more like an elite offensive defender. When Oliver was drafted a couple of years ago, he was decently touted as a really high-end skill, puck-moving D with great shooting, effortless edge work, uh, and really good vision in passing, but obviously his defensive work was... Well, a bit suspect at times, and that's kind of the usual with young defenders who are of his archetype, right? He's very mobile, he's very active offensively, but in terms of maybe cheating a little bit for offense, that used to be a part of his game. Ever since he's kind of gotten this real shot with the Flames, though, a lot of the elements of his game that he kind of worked on ironing out have suddenly rounded into form. Oliver is now one of Daryl Sutter's more trusted defenders, which is super cool to see, and he's just completely turning his career around. He looks more like a top four guy who might start to get top pairing time at some point. And, uh, you know, for Oliver, I think it's just been a big step in his career. He finally has a chance to prove himself. And honestly, it's under a coach that I didn't expect to give him such a leash. You know, usually with uh, coaches like Sutter, if you make one or two mistakes, it can be the bench for you. Most players have a pretty short leash, especially the younger ones. So it is cool to see him getting a run out. I'm glad that he is finally proving that he is in fact as good as he's been hyped up to be. I've always been a big believer in his potential and ability. It's just never been the, the right set of circumstances for him to really showcase just what he can do. But now he is, and actually he just had a goal tonight against the Flames. Uh, it did actually get Calgary a point. Unfortunately, they still lost in overtime to Toronto, but what can you even say for a career of a guy who at one point probably looked like he was never getting into the NHL lineup beyond a seventh defender? The last one that we're going to do before we take a short little break is Ovechkin. And of course, Ovechkin, for all of you who are, are hockey fans, you know that name. You know what he's about. You have watched more than likely his, his entire career over the past couple of years. He's been doing this a very long time, and he just scored his 742nd NHL goal, passing Brett Hall for fourth overall. Just ahead of him is Yarmir Yager at 766 goals, which at the pace that Ovechkin is scoring kind of feels like he might do it 24 throughout the rest of the season when he's already scored like what 12 goals in just about 12 or 13 games already seems kind of doable like he's not going to score every single game but you know Ovechkin is shooting at a volume that he hasn't really done in years and he's converting on enough of them to make you think Ovi might actually start getting closer to Gretzky's record I know that it's going to be a bit of a ways to go before he really starts getting close to 894 but at 742, with Ovechkin's determination and work ethic, I mean, <laughs> I'm starting to think that that record isn't as safe as a lot of people think. He'll definitely get past Gordy Howe. I, I don't really have any questions about that, to be honest. But Gretzky, you know, Gretzky's always been the dream. Um, certainly in my lifetime, I didn't expect anyone to get close to it. But here we are. Ovechkin is, you know, he's about 155 goals away or so. Apologies, I can't do math. That's 152 goals, which... Spread out over three to four seasons might be possible. Ovi would have to keep up a pretty ridiculous pace for a guy of his age, but let's be honest, barring injuries, Ovi's probably one of the few that I believe could do it. I hope he finally breaks the record because that would be one of the coolest days in hockey history. In just a moment, we'll take a look at a couple of other players who are currently ripping it up for their current teams, and then I also have some gift ideas later on in the show, as well as some thoughts about the uh, the North American soccer scene. But before then, I thought you should hear a little bit about why Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. Are you someone who loves protein bars? Are you tired of all of your favorite protein bars tasting like ash and dirt? Maybe you're ready for a change. And as a fellow protein bar appreciator, I can tell you that Built Bar is your best alternative. 
It's the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar, with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. It comes in several delicious flavors like salted caramel, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and so many other great flavors. Built Bar often releases very special, limited edition, limited quantity flavors that once they're gone, they're gone for good, so stay tuned to their social media platforms and their website to make sure you never miss another flavor. As delicious as Built Bars are, they're even better for you, with most bars clocking in at around 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, and 17 to 18 grams of protein. Built Bars are perfect for every lifestyle, whether you're looking to maintain or lose weight. Placing your order couldn't be easier. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Place your order today for the best tasting protein bar on the market. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. Thank you for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. We are continuing a little bit of our thoughts on some of the top plays of the week and some of the guys who are currently in form, I would say. I could talk about McDavid and Dreisaitl, but honestly, that gets a little bit boring just because those two constantly seem to tear people up and, you know, they're they're basically the dynamic duo. If you have those two on the ice, they're just going to destroy teams. I think McDavid already has like 20-some points. Dude is just on another planet, and Dreisaitl being an elite scorer himself just, you know, adds so much offensive firepower to a team that, quite honestly, before them, was dead in the water. When I think about other dynamic duos that are currently at the forefront of their team's success, I actually look at Seattle, which a, t- a team that is still struggling a bit, but in a lot of their wins, uh, you often find two particular names that have been major impact players. That's Jared McCann and Jordan Eberly. Now, I know Jordan Eberly has always been one of these guys that traditionally doesn't score as many chances as he creates. Ebbs is very good at getting to the slot and creating really good shooting angles, but for some reason his finishing has always just been a little bit lackluster. I don't know whether it's like a decision-making thing, poor fortune, or if there's something mechanically with him that just maybe prevents him from being like the world's top goal scorer. His positioning, his edge work, his IQ in terms of offensive awareness and spatial awareness, everything looks to be elite, and yet it's just been difficult for him to find that finishing touch. So, you know, ever since he's joined Seattle, it's been pretty decent, actually. He had a hat trick recently. He scored again the other night on a great rush. It just seems like Eberly is finding a lot of success, and I, I think his career has kind of had an interesting arc because... He always seems to be very underrated. I think a lot of people sort of imagine him to be maybe a bit of a bust, but Eberly, I don't really see him that way. I think that he's such an elite playmaker, and even if he's not the one scoring, when he's on the ice, good things just tend to happen. So if you can have that kind of impact and also add plenty of goals to your tally, I think you're a pretty darn good player. McCann's kind of the same way, just a really effective playmaking center with a lethal release. And, you know, McCann's had a number of teams that he's been with and it just never seems like he sticks around for long who knows if it's off ice stuff or if maybe teams just don't value the stuff that he brings at the level they should but whatever the case may be he's been a great find for Seattle I'm sure that they weren't expecting uh, a ton of top six players to fall into their laps but McCann and Eberly both being available has been something of a major blessing I mean these two guys have been super effective for their top six they have a couple of other really good contributors, but I, if I think about players that are, are are kind of like vital to their success, especially in the early going of this season, 
Eberly and McCann both being very productive is a major, major milestone for that franchise. They need their best weapons to step up because the rest of the team doesn't exactly have a lot of scoring punch. There have been some other dynamic duos, and I think Kyle Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois really come to mind, but you get to watch those guys every day. I don't think I really need to tell you just how good that line combo has been. So instead, I do want to tell you about something that I think a lot of you are probably trying to figure out, and you know, it is the spirit of giving, it is the holiday season, and I'm sure a lot of folks are, are maybe thinking about, well... If I'm looking for a winning duo or a great combo or or a really good scoring punch in terms of gift giving, where can I get something special? I have some quirky ideas. Uh, for one thing, if you have a fan in your life that just has all of the merchandise that's branded, they wear the stuff everywhere, their you know comforter set on their bed is branded with the team, maybe they could use a little game-worn item, you know, like a game-used puck or something. Teams often, if you go to their websites and stuff, will actually sell game-used sticks, pucks, jerseys, anything that's been equipment or been in a game often finds its way on one of these websites. And a lot of game-used pucks and stuff might only set you back like 30 or $40 US, uh, around the same in Canadian too. So it's not like this stuff is super expensive. If you want to kind of ratchet it up a little bit more, sometimes you can find like little display pieces, maybe some melted ice encased in like a frame or something. I would probably steer away from that just because I feel like that stuff is a little more gimmicky, I would say. Sticks, gloves, skates, things that have even some practical use for uh, a fan in your life who has like very specific size needs, maybe. There might be a pro out there who's got game-use skates that the team or another retailer is selling, and they can use them and be just like their favorite players. And what may surprise you is if, especially with how expensive hockey equipment is, a lot of this used stuff by pros actually is cheaper than buying it new. So not only do you get game-used equipment from some of your favorite star players, but it might be cheaper than buying uh, any of the special stuff at a store. If you're looking for like a really cool replica jersey, I have to say that going to Cool Hockey has been one of uh, my personal picks. I don't really care for the Fanatics jerseys as much, but if you're looking for something that's going to get really good stitch numbering and name bars and stuff, go to Cool Hockey. Their customization jobs are a little bit more expensive, but if you want something that resembles more of like a pro-style stitching, uh, real actual font numbers and things, not just like the heat-pressed plastic or whatever, Cool Hockey for me has been one of the top retailers, and they also run a lot of giveaways and coupons during the holidays, so I would highly recommend following their social media channels and peeking in because there are some really good opportunities for you to save a couple of bucks on some really nice customized jerseys. The last thing I could recommend is maybe buying a subscription to like a streaming service of some minor hockey or even college hockey. There are a couple of services out there, and if you do, I, I don't know if you can gift subscriptions exactly, but if you can provide them like an account that you pay for, you can show them some really cool prospects and stuff from some of their favorite teams. And I honestly think that if you watch college hockey or minor league hockey, sometimes it's even more fun and more atmospheric than watching regular old NHL hockey. It can be a great gateway to showing, you know, that, that hockey fan that's traditionally stuck to like NHL stuff, maybe some lower level North American hockey, or if you get subscriptions to stuff from abroad like Sweden or, or even um, Finland, I think you can get streams for Sweden. Um couple of other leagues out there, probably the KHL. It can be a really fun eye-opening experience and a way to really expand your hockey horizons. Some of my friends do it for like their prospect tracking and you know they always have really cool clips and highlights. It's honestly just a great time and I think a great way to show off uh, some of the other great leagues and players out there. 
There are plenty of other gift ideas that I'm sure I could cover, and maybe I'll do a more comprehensive guide as we start getting closer and closer to Christmas. But for tonight's episode, I am going to transition to our last little topic of discussion that I thought would be fun, and that's discussing, you know, North American soccer. This has been a big topic over the past couple of months because it is the World Cup qualifiers. And I'll tell you a little bit about what I think from the Canadian and U.S. national programs and where I see them going. I think that both have bright futures one more so than the other, I would say, but I'll explain my thoughts in just a moment. Before then, I thought you should hear a little bit about why BetOnline.ag should be the only place you do your online betting. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Into another sport? No problem. BetOnline has your back with European football, soccer, NASCAR, MLS, MLB, NBA, every kind of sport imaginable is at your fingertips. Go to BetOnline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From all your favorite sports right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the safest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. So start your winning path today. Sign up for a free account at BetOnline.ag and don't forget promo code LOCKEDON at registration. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hello friends and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are closing out tonight's episode with some off-topic thoughts from... Uh, World Cup qualifiers and stuff, and I've been watching some of the U.S. men's national team, but I've also been keenly aware of the Canadian national teams all having pretty decent success. The women's team, of course, just won gold at the uh, the Olympics last year. Feels like it was a lot more recent than that, but I think it was technically 2020, even though it actually occurred this year. All that to say, though, that Canada's soccer program has been on the rise pretty quickly. And the men's national team is starting to catch up, too. There have been some very good prospects getting into the team. Uh, Tejan Buchanan, who is now going to Belgium to play. You've got Jonathan David, who is actually just tearing it up for Lille. Um, And then you've got a couple of other players. Kyle Lahren has been a standby for many years. Uh, I'm, I'm not super familiar with the roster. There are a couple of other players that have probably been in and out that I'm familiar with, but overall that roster just continues to evolve and change. And of course, Alfonso Davies has been, you know, the, the true linchpin of everything that that team does. He's like the heart and soul player and really one of the truly bright talents in football. I, I don't know if he would ever be considered on the tier of like a Kylian Mbappe or an Erling Holland, but for his position and what he does... In my mind, he probably should be talked about in that tier as a left back or a left wing back or whatever position he actually gets asked to play. Davies is just a genius. He has incredible footwork. He's incredibly fast, especially accelerating away from defenders. His spatial awareness is great. His his dribbling and passing are great. He just does everything so well, and it's crazy that... You know, he can basically be used as an attacking striker, a left winger or a left forward, and even in a defensive role as a left back. I mean, I don't know that there's a position he really can't play except for maybe like goaltender. I think Canada will actually qualify for the World Cup, um, and though they will get knocked out pretty early in the competition, I I still think that they'll have a really good showing. There is a chance that they could advance a round or two, but I I have a feeling like after you get through the group stage... Um, pending what group they would even get placed in. It's just going to be a lot of really high-quality teams that I don't think Canada is quite ready to take on. The U.S. is kind of in a similar boat. Uh, The U.S. squad is a bit deeper, I would say. Uh, Their midfield and the attack both have a few more options that maybe Canada 
doesn't yet possess. And that's not really saying a lot for the U.S., I would say. I think the U.S. is still lagging behind most of the top nations. I think they were ranked something in like 10th in the world based on some recent FIFA poll, but I don't really put a lot of stock in that. I think if you compare them against a lot of actually great programs like Belgium, France, Germany, England, you very quickly see that the U.S. talent is, while promising, not exactly on that level, right? Uh, France's reserves would probably beat the U.S. men's national team just about every game. So it's crazy that the U.S. men's national team has been so far behind the success curve when you look at the, uh, the, the women's national team instead just dominating most competitions. I mean, the U.S. women's team has been, you know, a, a perennial World Cup winner or at least a top three medalist year in and year out. So seeing the, the men's national team not really live up to the promise has been a massive disappointment. This year, though, maybe they finally are starting to put two and two together before they have to go to the actual World Cup next year. Both Canada and the U.S. look like they are, are on a good path to qualify. The U.S. men's team may be a little bit rockier, but uh, both should comfortably qualify and get in, and we'll see if they can actually make some noise. You know, anything can happen a couple of months from now, but I, I still think both have a pretty uphill battle against some really great nations. I'm just hoping that, you know, both teams have fun. There's a lot of room for growth and, and youth, and I think that that's going to be one of the prevailing sentiments and themes as we go through the next year or two. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the Canadian national teams and where you see them going from here. Be sure to let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. As for tonight's podcast, though, that is going to do it. Thank you for making Locked on Winnipeg Jets your first listen of the day every day. Now make Locked on Bets your next listen. They're your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Go follow and subscribe to Locked on Bets right now. And as always, thank you for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.